Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, welcome to a new listener, The Pizza ATM, Bond Films, Steep Streets and another long Lippy Top Tip. Now Lippy. Hello. Last episode you had an ongoing internet woe. I did. Is it fixed? Well, it depends what you mean by fixed. Are we going to have to mess around or am I going to have to mess around joining audio files together this evening? No, you shouldn't have to because it's fixed in the sense of the upload speed is better. Good. I wouldn't necessarily say it's fixed in the fact that Virgin did it. Okay. So how has it been fixed then if they've not touched it? The uh, Duck Whisperer bought a mesh. Okay. Yeah. 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 A mesh. So we have a mesh thing in the kitchen the like central point of the house and another one somewhere else well this is the first proper test to be honest to see if this has worked well and it seems to be working absolutely fine so the mesh is a success what brand is it a little white box with a light on the top okay all right well maybe i'll quiz the duck whisperer when i next see him yes yes but it was not too hard to install from the lack of swearing involved Mm. It was one or two swear words, but not too many. So that means it wasn't too hard to set up. Yeah, generally they're very good. We've had one from, it's the consumer division of Ubiquity, which produce extremely good Wi-Fi kit. And they had it, they installed it up at the golf club when you were there. And it just, ah. it works brilliantly. But the business stuff, or the commercial stuff, is very expensive. Mm-hmm. And the retail stuff is less expensive, but it's not quite as good. But uh, we've got the retail stuff here and it's performed faultlessly for two years. Yeah, so it's definitely... So it's better, but not quite there yet. Well, it's better, but we're not... We're still not paying for what we should be getting from Virgin. Well, you're not getting what you're paying for. That's... Yeah, Yeah. we're not getting what we're paying (laughs) for from Virgin. Although we might be, because they're giving us £5 back until... That doesn't sound enough, to be honest. But yeah... And also, I realised earlier today that uh, the Dust Whisperer, Duck Whisperer also managed to get out of calling Virgin this weekend because he installed all of this. That's just paying some money and it's avoiding to talk to somebody. Yeah, so he still needs to call them. I'm still going to make him call them. Definitely needs to be a bit of a rant. But I am pleased to say, looking at the dashboard, you're uploading at 98%, which is much yes. better than... Uh, well, 99%. Rate. Oh, no, no, back down yeah. to yeah, we won't give a running commentary on the, uh, <laughs> on the amount. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've spoken about my peeve with number plates being wonky. Yes. I have found somebody that's taken it to a whole novel, another level. Ooh. Now, as old people, or older people will remember, mm. number plates have gone through a number of different styles over the years. So when I was lad, we had a, a metal number plate with plastic embossed letters stuck onto it yeah so they were quite complicated to make and prior to that they were essentially black and white so there wasn't a yellow and white color denoting which end of the vehicle it should be on so there's some fairly clearly defined changes in the law and generally historic vehicles will have the the correct uh black and white or uh yellow and white number plates on them however it turns out that in 2001 the number plate font changed 
So it's the slightly font? yes, the font change. So it's slightly narrower, and some of the letters B and D in particular were slightly differently made. So they look more like a serif font, whereas previously it was a sans serif font. There wasn't any tail on the B and the D. I see. Yes. The reason for that is is that we needed to get in the flag on the left hand side, or optionally the flag with GB and now well it would be UK mm. on there um, to satisfy Europe. So they had to scrunch it up a bit. Now, the individual here, uh, he relays his story at the Festival of the Unexceptional, which is a car show once a year. And it is models of cars that we all grew up with. So not, you haven't got Jags or Lamborghinis or anything flash. It's just ordinary cars that have survived 30, 40, 50 years. And I, I've been once. It's a brilliant show. And it's, it's, it's just a bit of nostalgia really mm. anyway so he's talking to an owner of a Renault Twingo which is a car that he's long coveted and um, he mentioned that the number plate font was correct and the owner said oh you noticed that too I was thought I was the only one that cared for such things <laughs> so there's at least two people and okay. unfortunately it has now started a ooh have we got the right fonts on the classic cars we have and have you? I don't know, because I've got to go and zip them from the covers uh, and go and have a look. From their but, bubbles. From the bubbles. But they, I will get one out of the weekend, so I shall have a look. However, there is a bit of a sting in the tail here. One of the reasons the number plate font was changed is to make it easy for the AMPR cameras to identify the car. So whilst you might think, well, actually, if I mix the letters, if I make it wrong, I'm not going to get stop for speeding or fine for speeding it does also mean that if your car is stolen then they won't, they won't detect it so mm. uh, to be honest the cars that we've got tend not to be able to go over the speed limit yeah <laughs> although i i just found the piece of paper from oxford's uh, county council showing me in a bus lane yeah, a year or so back so, oh yeah so i was yeah, gonna say no, not naughty. recently no no that was wife of grumpy's fault and her astonishing map reading so just as you think you've taken something to a bit of an extreme in number plates, somebody you else haven't. comes along and it turns out you haven't. Yeah. Now, we've got a new listener, apparently. We do. We, well, actually, we have two listeners, because um, the Horse Whisperer, to use the, the correct horse name, Horse Whisperer, who is unfortunately suffering from a horrendous tooth infection at the moment, um, looks a bit like a chipmunk, but don't tell her. Well, I was told about this, and... I was told that I wasn't allowed to request a picture because mocking someone that's in pain isn't funny, but mocking someone that's in pain is what I do. Well, I get mocked for all sorts of physical injuries. Exactly. Okay, I'm going to ask for a picture then, because I really want to see what she looks like. <laughs> I've well, heard it's I funny. think it is beginning to go down. The problem is, you look at it at night, and because of the light, it looks a bit flatter, and the next morning it seems to be sticking out. But um, mm, I think she's, shadows. she's got to have a tooth out, which is not ideal, yeah. No. Well, it is her second toothache in a year. Uh, it wasn't that long ago that she had the other one. It possibly was longer than that, but... I can't remember. Who knows with what's been going on? No. The years are flying by. Anyway, back to our original new listener. Yes, oh yes. Christened graphic goffers. No, oh no, graphic godders. Yeah. <laughs> Put it wrong on the show notes. What a muffin. Graphic godders. Please godders. explain. To be honest, you came up with this name, and the first thing I thought when I saw it was that kind of makes out like he's a bit of a flasher. 
that's not what he is. No. He uh, is one, the Duck Whisperer's friend and he created our absolutely beautiful wedding invitations and is very good with all the graphic-y... Things. Things. So hence why you gave him the name Graphic Goddess. But he apparently is a new listener, listened to last week's episode and has subscribed. So Fantastic. We could be in double figures soon at this rate. We could be in double figures. <laughs> so it's Graphic Goddess, it's good to have you along. And yes. you did a cracking job with the wedding invites. I, th- I thought mm. they were beautiful, so well done there. So, uh, yes, maybe we can push some work yours, your way. Who knows? He's a very busy man. Yeah. Okay, well, drop everything and do what we want. <laughs> I had a book recommendation by the Screaming Tomato during the week of oh, yes. failures that uh, turned out to be successes. So things like the post-it notes and the glue on there and... Uh, accidental like discoveries uh, so that's on its way i typically ordered a second hand one so it'll take a week or so to come so uh, i i might do a section on that now instead of the fun facts yes too, that would be yeah, quite be funny good. yeah right up my street so thank you for recommending that but i look forward to reading that now something that's always baffled me over decades is some very unusual signs on public toilets. And this tends to happen in pubs and restaurants Mm. where there's a bit of a theme. And we we had one in the town I grew up in. And to this day, I'm still confused about whose was whose. It's stressful. I find it quite stressful. And I'm somebody that's ended up in the ladies' toilet at Gatwick by mistake. (laughs) And the problem was, I think the door was pushed open and I saw the sign... And as I approached the toilets, uh, but the sign applied to the toilets on the left, and I actually went to the toilets on the right. So it was a bit of stupidity on my part, probably nervousness, because I'm not the best flyer in the world. Not the best flyer. And I stood in there, and this lady came out, and she said, I think you're in the wrong place. And it's the only time I've come out with a coherent French sentence. (laughs) I thought it was the only excuse possible is pretending to be foreign. And I apologise to all of France for that. Uh, not only for the outrageously bad accent, but also pretending to be French. Mm. However, I, there is a web page, of course, there's a web page for everything, and there is a list of some very, very weird signs on gender toilets. The one that caught my eye the most. So, on the gents' toilet, and I assume it's the gents' toilet because not quite clear, it says blah, and on the ladies' toilet, it says blah, 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 Which is probably a bit sexist, actually. That is a bit sexist. Sexist? That as well. There's also one, you know how much I like pirates. Oh, yes. Got a pirate, but there were quite a few pirates who were ladies and a mermaid. But they have clarified it with men and women on the bottom of the oh that is good which is good so a bit of fun is okay but i think you need to be clear you do need the clarification i'm a nervous toilet person in public like not i'm happy go to the toilet in public well not public in a public (laughs) toilet clarify that um but when i'm in a restaurant i really hate that whole trying to find the loo where you yep. don't know where the loo yep. is. Yes. I hate it. I feel like it's a fear for most people, to be honest. And then throwing in door signs like that does not help that fear because I'm stood there outside the loos, like looking backwards and forwards, like, which one do I go in? And I feel like for men to go in the wrong one, you get a bit shooed and a bit like, oh, what have you done? You got in the wrong loo. For a woman to go in the wrong loo, yeah. you could see all sorts of things that you don't want to see. That is true. However... I have had more experiences in the past where there's been a 
long queue for the ladies and no queue for the gents of women just bypassing the queue and going straight into the gents yeah that's a woman that doesn't care though i don't want to walk in no, and well, see some true. people using a urinal no that's that's very true they've made that decision and they may have been women that have recently given birth and cannot hold their bladder for the length of that queue well possibly but if it was the other way around i think there would be a lot of uh, noise quite yes frankly and as somebody now that has urgent need to go to the lavatory on occasions mm. i think that should surely be. you can use the disabled toilet i do because i am the other thing i'd like to say about pub toilet signs is that if you've had a few your cognitive processing is not as good as it should be and you could stand there going i don't know which of these i am yeah and by the which time it's too late because also i've just seen one that says skirts and pants if i'd had a few drinks and i was wearing trousers i'm i'm in pants so i'm gonna go in the one that says pants well, what if you're scottish and you're wearing a kilt and no pants yeah. because and no pants. Have, it's it's a bit bizarre to be honest and i, I think it's something that should stop it's, people try to be clever and it doesn't work some of them are funny some of them are not you know oh i like the pizza one I just looking at that, I don't. I mean, it does say guys and girls above it, but the difference is a pizza with arms and a pizza without arms. I mean, no, it's not arms; it's a moustache. Oh, we're not looking at the same one then. Where it says men to the left because oh, women no. are always right. Oh, no. oh they're, well, uh, yes, clearly, no, exactly. This is, this is much, much further down. It, I mean, it does say guys and girls, but the the other difference. I mean, if you couldn't read, for example, or if you were foreign and couldn't read English, you'd be you'd be stuck. If that was in German, I wouldn't stand a chance. No, although I really enjoyed the one that's an illustration of how people we. Ooh, no, right. No. It's a bit confusing. Time, time, but... time to move on, I think. <laughs> it's just horrible. Horrible, Taking horrible. It too far. Yes. So pubs, please don't. Just men and women. That's all you need. Mm. Now, some weeks ago, it was a good few weeks ago, we spoke about a pizza vending machine in italy i think it was rome but i'm not 100 certain turns out one's been launched in brighton (gasps) no it has rather typically this has not got the finesse of an italian vending machine it looks like a very small shipping container uh, with a step Mm. basically and it they put it as a pizza atm and i think that's absolutely right that's exactly what it looks like but it serves the same purpose and it's at the station in Brighton. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can order a restaurant-quality pizza from it. Uh, there's a robotic arm inside which takes pizzas from a refrigerated compartment, blasts it into a jet oven before serving them piping hot. I'm thinking, I'm coming to stay with you all in a few weeks. I think we need a lippy and grumpy road trip down to Brighton to see what they taste like. That sounds like a really good idea. We could pop down there and meet up with the with DJ Finn. Yes. he's now down there. See what their vegan pizza... If they even do a vegan pizza from a uh, vending well, they machine. They do a cheesy garlic pizza bread, which obviously That's isn't vegan. vegan. Uh, oh, there oh, is you a... You would ve- need a vegan one. I would. Uh, or fish. Uh, there is a vegan option as well. So there are several, several choices. Well, let's get that booked. Oh, there's going to be one in Chichester... Oh, no, two in Chichester and one in Bogner Regis, for some unknown reason. Mm. But, uh, yes, that sounds very interesting. You must go and try that. You're right. We'll have a, we'll have a trip down there with lots of photos and, and a sit on the beach with a pizza. Mind you, the station's not that close to the beach. Well, you could drive to the station, park up, then oh, drive no, down to the beach. Parking in Brighton is a nightmare now. Now, this is a slightly odd topic from our long list of 
quite frankly, odd topics. So in the 1400s, and I think it must have peaked around the middle of the 1400s, men who had a bit of money would wear mm. shoes with very long bits hanging past their toes. So sometimes you get a five-inch point past the toes. Which... Oh, sorry, I thought you meant like tassels. You don't no, you mean no, like, no. This is like a, a pointy shoe. It's a pointy shoe. They were known as Krakows or Poulains. And the reason for that is they're believed to have started around 1340 in Krakow, Poland. So Krakow and Poland sort of Polands. Uh, and this refers to just the tips, so not the rest of the shoes. It got so ridiculous that King Edward IV found them so offensive, he passed a law prohibiting shoe tips that extended by over two inches. <laughs> just got completely out of hand. Now, you Two might... inches is still quite a long shoe tip, though. Well, I'm, I'm very conscious, because my feet are quite long. Mm, me too. I've got big feet. So actually, another six in- or five inches past the toe would look, quite frankly, ridiculous. Yeah. Like and clown I, shoes. They would look like a clown shoe, but they come to a point rather than the sort of a boot-type thing. Yes. Mm. But the reason they, people had them is was a, a show of wealth stuff was expensive because it was hard yes. to make so to have more of the shoe meant that you were rich because you could exactly. afford more. it's a bit like driving around in a brand new rolls royce storm i see i see but footwear so that's where it came from but obviously successions of richer people want longer toes because that shows their wealth mm. which is why it got ridiculous um In this article, though, I have found there is a museum in Northampton called the Museum and Art Gallery. They have the world's largest collection with 12,000 pairs of shoes. Wow. Which is incredible. Uh, But there's only one pair of these Poulains intact, which is a bit of a shame. Maybe people ripped them up with some disdain when the law was passed. Mm, Cut them off so they could keep the shoe. Yes. Now, obviously, the longer the point gets, and bearing in mind we're talking about the 14, 13 or 1400s here, not modern day, what's going to happen when you lift your foot up? It's going to droop. <laughs> so, which is going to make walking quite treacherous, to be honest, and you'll look a bit silly. Um, and also, if it droops towards you, it's then going to start looking like um, a gesture shoe. Do you know when they curl up and then they've got the Yeah, the I don't think that was the problem. I think it was as you lift your leg up, your foot up. The, the end of it starts to oh, fall down. Trip. So they stuffed them with all sorts of things like hair, moss, and wool, and they even experimented with some whalebone in there just to keep Ooh. it all. Yeah, it, be, it begins to get ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> if your tip is too big to stay up on its own, then it's too big. Absolutely. And then this article goes on about the back of the shoe around the ankle. Mm-hmm. Now, bearing in mind in those times, most of the body was clothed, partly because it was seen to be a bit naughty, and also because it was a bit chilly as well, didn't have central heating and that sort of stuff. And the beginning to show bits of leg, and one of those things was cutting around the ankle, so the ankle could be seen, which was Ooh. seen to be a bit sexy. A bit, <laughs> bit saucy showing your ankle off. So what I found very interesting in all of this is with these ridiculous shoes 
which sort of made a bit of a comeback with the Winkle Picker, which I remember my dad having. And I quite like the look of those, but they just, for my shaped feet, they would be far too uncomfortable. Paris banned these in 1368. Wow. And you tend to think of Paris as being the centre of all fashion, fashion and some absolutely mm. ludicrous clothing. But yeah. it appears not. Mm. Now, I had an interesting experience on Sunday. I had, uh, had a trip over to my mum's and my sister made some lunch for us. And she came out with some rolls, except they were square. And I initially looked at them and thought, that's not right. Rolls can't be oh. square. The bread was very nice. It's a Warbleton's bread. That it really was extremely nice. And I can see all of the advantage of a square roll because mm. in terms of packaging and transport, there's no wasted space. If you put round rolls, the package tends to be rectangular. So yes. you've got a bit of space. And if you put them in And a food box, tends to be, like if you do a slice of cheese, it's rectangular. Or yes, it is. That's pan, very true. Yes, that is very true. You don't get the saggy bits off the edge. No, that got us on to talking about whether roll was a round thing or not. So what would your take be on that? In the sense of a bread roll, I would say it doesn't have to be round because it's just a roll. Mm. But what other kind of roll is there? Well, the problem is I associate it with a round thing. But actually the word roll is just a small loaf of bread. That's what it yeah. I mean, has other meanings as well, obviously. But for in terms of bread products, it's a small loaf of bread. That has really bamboozled my brain for a moment there. That is exactly what happened to me on Sunday. I started thinking about it, and, uh, and yes. It, it's, and I, it's, I've, it's, I think it's because it's something I've never thought about before. No. Uh, no, I know what you mean. You just looked at it. I mean, it's a bit like if you had but a... But the word roll is round. Exactly. But it's, but it's not. It's not. No. No. Oh, round things... That. Yeah, I know. Yes, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that... that took me a good 20 minutes to uh, recover from that one. I, and you decided to tell me whilst we're doing the podcast. Yes. Well, that just brings surprises on people. Mind you, it's been in the um, show notes since Sunday, so you have had a chance to look at it. I don't read the show notes. No, just Get more natural reactions that way, like a bamboozled you, brain. Yes, which you have now. Mm. Yeah. But, um, I highly recommend them. They were really nice. Really, oh, okay, I'm going to get some of those yeah, then. Really Although nice. I'm an Aldi shopper and they don't sell Warburton's in Aldi. Oh, don't they? No, oh, they you had a bit Aldi. of a shopping trip to, was it Bargain Homes or the Home other? Bargains. <laughs> Bargains. <laughs> it's Bargain Homes if you go through the back door. That's actually related to my top tip. Oh, okay, we won't cover that then. Now, surprise discovery last week when I was mm. flicking through Amazon trying to find something to I watch, heard. Amazon Prime. Mm. All, and I mean all, of the Bond films available included in amazon prime that is amazing stunning and i know amazon bought the rights to show the bond films a good few months ago now because mm. i thought oh that means we're not going to be able to see them on itv2 on a sunday afternoon which yes. seems to be the case for the last five or six years <laughs> uh, but i'm very pleased to say that all of them and when i say all of them i mean also never say never again which was i don't think it was a broccoli production where Sean Connery came back and essentially remade Thunderball. And the very first Casino Royale, which was a spoof with David Niven. So those are on there as well, which is good. And I think I need to see... Because I remember watching them when I was a kid, when you would put them on mm. from ITV2 on a Sunday afternoon. But I don't remember all of them. And I think 
my brain is a bit like mashes them all together. Yes, I know what you where mean. We saw, I saw bits of lots of different yeah. ones. So I think I'm going to go back and do a James Bond binge. Yes. Well, if you think your brain mashes them together, think how we suffer with Wife of Grumpy. <laughs> Mashing all of them together over what is now nearly 60 years. And yeah. um, coming up with a film that doesn't actually exist. Should write the next James Bond with mashups of all the old yeah, James Bonds. That would be quite funny. Well, essentially, that's what Mike Myers did with Austin, Austin Powers. Powers, although he did base mm. it on apparently on Harry Palmer rather than James Bond. But oh. uh, there's definitely a crossover there. Sunday night, we decided to watch one, and I was keen to start at the beginning in terms of. Yeah, oh, yeah, obviously. Well, what is the beginning? Because the first film produced is not the first book in the series. Oh, no, you do it by the the order they were meant written to be in, yeah. watched yeah written in yeah. not the order they were created in like with the star wars you watch them in the order well you can do there's all sorts of ways of doing this but what that means is the first one if you ignore the spoof casino royale is the first film that daniel craig did oh interesting yeah. and actually when you watch it you see the character forming because he starts off with not having double o status and then yeah then gets and it. being a bit more left to his own yeah and it was it actually i mean i've not seen that film for quite a while and it a was and i thoroughly enjoyed it it was a really mm. good film it was a very good story and i think the next one in terms of the books is live and let die which is a roger moore film so again that's oh, okay. jumping all of the sean connery ones but actually there's not that many books that were written um, by Ian Fleming so there's there's more films I believe so oh, okay. certainly the so you'll reach a point where then you'll have to start just watching the yeah and the, the order's probably not important and I think actually past Casino Royale it's probably not important yeah I, that was such a great find and I've not seen anything advertised about it it's just very quietly appeared which is mm. surprising really because I think that's quite a big I do find that with Amazon you always find like some gem films on there where you you think oh i haven't watched that in years or oh my god that's brand new and it's on amazon they just don't seem to advertise much and it's so hard to search on amazon it is quite hard i have found a application called just watch which goes on your phone and you can Mm -hmm. say which streaming services you subscribe to and you can do searching across there so you can see new stuff and popular stuff across all of them and that's, that's quite helpful. useful when you want to watch something and nobody can remember what is on because it'll yes. tell you which is quite good so amazon bought mgm studios so it's, it's more than just buying the rights of the film and they paid nearly nine billion dollars for that and now they own mgm wow they're probably having to wait for them to finish contracts with other streaming services that's probably why uh, well, that was back in... That was a year ago, nearly. 26th of May. Yeah, so they have to wait for the... Well, yeah, but they're, they're on there, so why not advertise it? Oh, Bus- now, yeah. Yeah, bizarre. Is the brand new one on there? I think that's just been... Just flipped over to included. Because I think we paid to see that originally when it first came out. Mm, we paid to see it as well, because you need to see the new James Bond. Talking of James Bond and villains... Rightly or wrongly, I view Elon Musk as a future James Bond villain. Yes. He looks so much like all of them. He does look a bit... Oh, yes, he's a bit profile. of all of them. Yes. If, yeah. he's, if he has a third nipple, we know he's definitely, <laughs> definitely... <laughs> going to be a villain. Either going to appear in a film or turn out to be a James Bond villain. So this week, uh, this is Tuesday, so I think it must have happened yesterday, he spent 
35 billion pounds buying Twitter. He bought Twitter. He's bought Twitter. Oh my god. Uh question is why and apparently there's several changes he wants to make which is reducing content moderation so free speech oh, so, yeah. which is an interesting thing eliminating bots and he's pledged to defeat the spam bots or die trying mm. do you know what this is giving me the vibes of the murdoch family and oh, them yes. owning yeah. all of basically all of american news Yes, and there is a um, there is a James Bond film. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, it's a Pierce Brosnan one, and uh, a media mogul is the centre of it. And he says we we are we we don't show the news. We are the news. So he chooses what people yeah. watch, which is quite quite worrying. And that is a criticism that has been levelled at him because he has been quite nasty mm. to some of the owners of the press in the in the past. I I fairly non-plus about the whole thing i'm not really that bothered but it does i just like watching the drama unfold well i think 35 billion pounds could you put that to better use yeah 100 percent. really i just mm-hmm. seems daft that in this day and age that um with all that's going on that you're spending the 35... twist is the priority well you're buying it it's a vanity project isn't it really yeah and the writer at the new yorkers um argues that Musk's bid is an attempt to maintain his influence his sorry his ability to influence millions of people without interference. Again, we do have a James Bond film in the making here. Mm. <laughs> now we generally like all things Dorset. Yes, we do, we yes. The county, the people The cake. The cake in particular. One thing I'm not so keen on is the Dorset knob. I don't even know what that is. Oh it's a small it's hard to describe, but you think it's, well, this is part of Dorset. Their apple cake is superb. The Dorset knob's going to be wonderful. And it's a mm. bit like you're trying to eat a marble. Is it cake? I, I think bread? it's a bread. I think what it was was leftover bread at the end of the day when they've made it. They've got a bit of scraggy ends. They'd rolled oh. them up into small balls, a little bit smaller than the golf ball, and bake them. But they become so hard that, uh, well, you're just basically feeding the dentist money <laughs> be breaking teeth all over the place yeah. so what's the best thing to do with these dorset knobs apart from selling them to tourists who know no better is to have a throwing competition yes i do like that yes it's become too popular though so for the third year in a row it's been cancelled because oh, no. too many people turn up which is a real shame so they have various how do they know too many people are turning up if there's if it's been cancelled for the last three years. Well, in 2019, they had over 8,000 people turn up, which mm. is, a, is a massive amount. When you think that's, with our car show, that's probably the maximum we have in the field at any one time is 8,000 people. It's probably not even close to that, actually. Okay, yeah. That's quite big, then. It is quite big. So, apart from the throwing, uh, the record is 96 foot, would you believe, set in 2012. Ooh, that's far. They also have um, knob painting, knob and spoon race, guess the way to the big knob, knob darts and a knob pyramid. So all things Dorset knob related. I would like to go. No wonder it's so busy. Yeah, but it's supposed to be on the 1st of May. So, in a, well, this weekend, I oh, believe. This Sunday. Uh, this Sunday, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, it's, it's not going to happen. Mm. But they're hoping it will come back again. So once people have forgotten about it. 
Well, we shouldn't be advertising it on our podcast to our millions of viewers. No, definitely not. Millions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't let Elon Musk know. No. Now for our next item, we go to Brizzle, as it's often pronounced. And it's the uh, it's a street there that is the st- steepest, it's not easy to say, steepest, steepest street um, deepest in street. England. Uh, so steep that locals tie their park cars to lampposts when it gets icy. No. <laughs> it's it's 100 metres long and it's uh, 1 in 20 of gradient, which is... That is very, steep. Very steep. And interestingly, it's on a cycling website as one of a hundred climbs to do in, in the UK. Wow. Uh, I can't imagine walking up that, let alone cycling up that. No, I don't think I could do either. No. And what's interesting at the bottom of the road is the scrapes where the bottom of cars. It what do they, and it's on the upside, so presumably when they've turned in and tried to go up, it's, it's scraped something along there, or delivery van, or something like that. So very, very steep road. So that's Vale Street in Bristol. And it reminds me a bit, uh, my dad's cousin lived in Deal in Kent, and mm. they had a street a bit like that. It, it seemed very, very steep. I don't think it was as steep as that, but as a child... <clears throat> who's used to living on in a flat road, anything that's a bit steep uh, would seem, seem a little odd. Mm, yes. It's similar to the streets in um, San Francisco. Yes, I can imagine. Um, I've never been there, but having seen various films, yeah. It's very steep. and you, But you do get little respites. They give you little flat bits to have a break on before you have to carry on up. Yes. I think, is it Bullet, the film with Steve McQueen from the 60s, where he's chasing... Somebody in San Francisco. I don't and have Down and then flat and then down. Yes, that is how the roads go, though. One of the world's great car chases. Mm. So the locals do make use of the slope. So they have an annual Easter egg race where they go to the top of the hill, armed with an egg, and then roll the egg down the hill to see who's can go the furthest. Which is interesting. You just think they'd all go to the bottom, but presumably they head off. Eggs in. are weirdly shaped. They aren't are they? weirdly so shaped. Yeah. They would roll funny. Yes, definitely. Uh, but that that would be quite interesting. But presumably, just smashed mm. eggs all over the over the road. Could use a plastic egg. You could do a plastic egg, but I suspect they're probably hens' eggs. Eggs, eggs. So if Shit. you are in Bristol, it's a twenty-minute walk from Temple Meads train station, and if you like a steep road, that's where to go. Hmm. I don't like a steep road, so I won't be going there. No, I don't. Now, Lippy, I know you've got a top tip because you let I it slip earlier. Yes, I do have a top tip. A great top tip, my I add. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Good. So my top tip is plain and simply. That don't worry, there is a full-on story to go after the I plain bet and there simple is. top can tip. You, can it be longer than last week's top tip that didn't actually have a so. tip in it? You just ranted about. Um, I'm not sure. We'll see things. how we go. Okay. We'll see how we go. So the top tip, which is actually a tip, kind of, is to go to Home Bargains and let Home Bargains decide what you buy. Because I had a great time. It's new to where we live. It's the first time I went, even though it's been open for three weeks, just because it was busy. And every time I drove past it, I was like, it looks way too busy in the car park. Mm. I don't want to have to deal with that. Um, but... A time came about where I actually needed something and I thought, you know what, Home Bargains is the kind of place that would have that. So at the moment, obviously, I don't know if anyone knows, I'm getting married next year. Um, I think that may have missed us, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. So I've been making... 
making some decorations for the wedding and I know it's over a year away but my god these things take so long and I was like I'd rather just do it now and get it done so it's done can I just point out actually it's not over a year away oh it's under a year away as of last week yeah yep exciting less than a year away so exactly I need to get this done so it's a big hula hoop wrapped in twine which if anyone doesn't know what twine is it's that brown string looking stuff so that's wrapped around it to hide the colour of the hula hoop because the colours are very vibrant. What, what flavour hula hoop is it? No, uh, like a dancing hula hoop. Oh! Like a round-the-waist hula hoop. Oh, okay. Um, and then some fake foliage and wisteria are hanging on it and then it's hanging from the ceiling. So I started this project and then realised I did not buy anywhere near enough twine and I was like, Home Bargains is definitely the kind of place mm, that would have I twine. Either in their craft section or their gardening mm. section. So it's perfect. Duck Whisperer and I got up, went to Home Bargains, had a proper like, we went with time. So we had a proper stroll and a proper nosy down all the aisles. Ended up getting the most random selection of things and no twine. <laughs> that was, it was a random selection. I think I've got a photo actually, which I'll I've post got a list on the socials. Oh, even everything. better. Everything. Okay. Yes, I'm going to go through the list. Okay. We are going to make this as long as last week. So I, we got, I'll start with the normal things. We got kitchen foil because we did actually need that. And when we spotted it, we were like, we'll grab some because it's kind of cheap. Batteries. Again, we needed them, spotted them. Perfect. Batteries. I then spotted a 15 pack of Capri Sun. Hot okay. day. Nice cold Capri Sun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Bought Capri Sun. Not too weird. We then bought more mayonnaise because we have a lot of mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Light mayonnaise. And they had light mayonnaise as well, which is obviously a bit better for you than normal mayonnaise. So we got light mayonnaise. Then we got squash. Dish soap. And then this is where it started to get a little bit weird. Yeah. I bought Angel Delight. Okay. <laughs> because we used to have it quite a lot when we were kids. Yeah, and I yeah. really like Angel Delight. Yeah. So I got chocolate, strawberry and banana. Excellent. I haven't made it yet, but we've got them. I'm like, actually, I'm going to make it tonight. I'm going to make it tonight. Then it gets a bit weirder. Dark Whisperer then decided he needed a desk fan because it was only £4. I saw that. I've got one of those. They're brilliant. Yeah. They're, they're really <laughs> good. A desk fan. Because he was whinging that the girls in the office keep the heating on still in april which to be fair i probably would whinge about that as well i would much prefer to have to wrap up in an office than be too hot in an office so you bought a desk fan and then finally we bought monopoly that was the thing i couldn't quite fathom it was only 15 pounds for the full like normal game full-size board it also has a few different pieces it has a dinosaur and a rubber duck oh oh that's that well, it's not a rubber duck chris. it's a metal a metal version of a rubber duck that appeal to chris yes exactly oh sorry that's the duck whisperer not chris the duck whisperer the duck was huge on the front of the box so obviously that's yeah. the first thing he went for was the duck so did you end up at the checkout and the box with the duck on it followed you all the way yeah basically mm, yeah that doesn't surprise mm. me yes so um a wonderful trip to home bargains didn't go what we went for didn't sorry didn't get what we went for obviously um but got lots of other fun stuff and then had a really fun game of monopoly where i realized that the dusk, duck whisperer is a child okay. and won't do deals with me if it means that there's a slight chance i could win was it just the two of you playing 
It was just the two of us playing. I lost. What? I did that thing again where I got stuck in jail for uh, four yeah, rounds yeah. and just couldn't couldn't buy anything by the time i got out he had bought everything and bought ones of everything as well so i couldn't even make a set because he had bought one of everything oh that's just a bit spiteful exactly he's a child (laughs) well you gotta fight fire with fire exactly so what's the top tip go to home bargains and let home bargains decide what you're gonna buy okay (laughs) very good i've got a very short fun fact this week you'll be pleased to know after that lengthy Peace. Did you know cats are scared of cucumbers? I did not know that. No, I didn't. Apparently, if you put a cucumber behind a cat when it's eating, it appears to startle them, causing some cats to leap into the air in fright. And one expert has said it's because the cat mistakes the cucumber for a snake. Or, in my view, the cat sees what it is and the cucumber is the work of evil. Mm. It just taints everything within a three-mile radius. Yeah, because my thought is that if it's an indoor cat and it's never been outside, is it still scared of a cucumber? Because obviously it doesn't know what a snake looks like. Well, I don't think our cats ever see... Most cats won't have seen a snake. Yeah. But presumably it's got some sort of data bank of predators handed down over the millennia. It's not going to know what it looks like, though. It's not like when you're... It's not like a child and you do flashcards. No, but it's evolution. Mommy cat's flashcarding the kittens in the crib. Well, there, there must be... I mean, we talk about evolution. There, there must be some knowledge that's transferred between generations that's, that's pre-wired into the brain. I feel like a snake would have not been in there. Well, what if they've been affected Again, by Again, because snake? of evolution, cats aren't attacked by snakes regularly in the UK. So eventually, surely they'll just not even well, know I'm a snake not, is a I'm thing. I'm not sure this is just the UK. Anyway. Anyway. Wife of Grumpy's been shopping today. She yes. has purchased some salad stuff, including a cucumber. And I will try it. And I'll try, for, try a variety of other things. I, however, feel our deaf, dumb... She's not that dumb, to be fair. Deaf no. cat may not care. No, I, I, I suspect not. No. just The other one may have cared more. Well, the other one would have played with it, I think. Hmm that's it for this podcast thank you so much for listening you can help spread lippy and grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're not sure how to leave a review or if you download from spotify there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review and if you would like to get in touch email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk so it's goodbye from me and goodbye from him goodbye, goodbye.